Let's continue with our daily Bible reading uh, as today we get into God's Word in the book of Exodus. Yesterday's reading was chapter 37 of Exodus. Today's reading uh, for Thursday is uh, uh, Exodus chapter 38. So let's get into both of those. So chapter 37 uh, brings about or tells us about the making of these things that God has given all the details for, for this place where they're going to come and meet with God at the Ark of the Covenant. Notice in chapter 37 first that the structure of the Ark of the Covenant, and I'm blessed in a, in a study Bible here, maybe you've got one too, to show a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. And here's the thing, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was, be, was to be a visual symbol to them of God's presence with them, a place where they could literally go to as they plead for mercy from God and know that they find it there. Notice it's even called in uh, verse 6, it's called the mercy seat. This is the place where we come and we sit with God uh, knowing that there we're going to receive mercy. And at the Ark of the Covenant, at the mercy seat there, there are the cherubim and the angels and, and their wings are spread over. So this sense that this God that we come to for mercy is one that is watching over us and covering us and protecting us and wants to draw us to himself. Those wings are spread out, overshadowing. Think of a picture of, of just being covered from the storm right there. And to think that we can come to God knowing that we deserve not anything from him. we just deserve his wrath um, we get his mercy we come there and we get, we don't get what we deserve um, there's also a table there in that presence and think about it, the table of the of the altar here in our own church as we worship today and what happens at that table we lift up our prayers to god and god comes and he gives us the blessing of the Lord's Supper, the body and blood of Jesus Christ as we're there. There are lampstands there too, reminding us that Jesus is the light of the world. While we're trapped in the darkness of our sin, when we come into God's presence, we find a mercy seat. We find a table where, where the offering has already been made on our behalf by Jesus Christ, by his death on the cross and then his resurrection. And Jesus is the one who brings light into our world. So beautiful picture of all of that. And then the incense table, as you go over to the uh, to verse 25, would be the uh, something that that really just spreads in the air. You would you could see the incense go up as as uh, our prayers go up to God. You could smell the incense too, and a change in the air would remind us that that despite the sickness and the putrid smell of death and and, and of our lives, um, we've got that that air that's been changed. So that's chapter thirty-seven. Um, look at the detail there too. This is this is not just made up stuff, but there's incredible detail um, to show that God does things in an orderly way, uh, that God does, we can, we can be sure in our life too, uh, that the details are important. Even the details of our own life um, aren't just happening by chance, uh, but that God is working there in the details. And then you get to verse 38, and there's the making of the altar of burnt offerings. Notice, there's a way for us to offer up to God something that makes it possible to come into his presence, except it's not anything that we bring. While they brought their offerings in Old Testament times, um, they had to do it over and over and over again because it never really did the job but God was showing them that there could be an offering that could be made to to bridge the gap between them and God and of course that's Jesus Christ here we are at Christmas time why does Jesus come into the world to be the perfect offering for us he comes and he offers himself to us that's why we can go to his altar we can come into his presence um, and know that that uh, that we have a place before God um, notice as things are brought into there uh, verse 8 says 
um, that everything reminds us again that everything that's brought into that uh, this place that God told them to make is gifts of the people. We read about uh, we read about Bezalel, uh in beginning of chapter thirty-seven, and then we read about the ministering women in chapter thirty-eight, verse eight. These are all gifts that we give, similar to the gifts that we bring to God too. We offer ourselves. Um, it's not a it's not we're paying our dues to God, but we have the joy of being able to offer ourselves to God. God has so blessed us being good stewards of that, we can bring those offerings to them uh, also. And then notice uh, some of the uh, the details, uh, more of the details of what they bring, and then who they are as a people. Notice in chapter 38, in verse 26, it tells us how many men there were uh, as a part of God's people at that time. 603,550 men um, were there at that time, which tells you the enormity of the people, how God, despite the fact that they were in slavery in Egypt for over 400 years, God continues to, to multiply them and bless them because that's just the men, let alone the children and the women, the huge group that's right here should have told them about the blessing uh, of God and the way God was continuing to watch over them. And then I want to do chapter 39 because there's a good chance I won't be able to do this tomorrow being Christmas Eve. Notice now we get to the priests. These are the ones who are going to be at that time going to be taking the people's offerings and offering them up to God, which reminds us of that's one of the roles of Jesus Christ. He is our perfect prophet. He speaks for God to us. He is God speaking to us. He is our king. He is the king of kings and lord of lords, greater than any king, King David or King Solomon, any king. And he is also our priest. He is our prophet, our priest, and our king. And as priest, he offers the perfect sacrifice. You remember the New Testament, Jesus even looks at the temple and says, I will destroy this temple. This temple will be destroyed, in, in, but in three days it will be raised again. And he wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about a more important temple. If you remember in John chapter 1, it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us, literally tabernacled among us. Jesus came and he is God dwelling among us. That's the joy of Christmas, the beauty of Christmas, that despite the sin-sick world we live in, God was willing to send his best, his only son into our world. That's what gives us joy at Christmas time. Everything else going on around us may be bad, and there's a lot of bad going on. Uh, but God sent his son into the midst of that to give us lasting hope peace and joy because it's Jesus Christ. But the priests wore something that reminded the people then, so a visual on them um, that, that took it away from the person, but reminded them of the role that they played. He had a representation that he was wearing in the ephod that he wore. Look over at verse 14. There was an individual stone there on that ephod reminding them that all 12 tribes and all the people who belonged to them were important and precious to God. And he was standing in their stead between them and God to take their sacrifices and offer them up to God. And of course, Jesus is that perfect priest who made that one sacrifice once for all, the end all sacrifices on our behalf, that we might have that, uh, that peace with God. And then we see uh, verse 32, it says of chapter 39, thus all the work of the tabernacle, the tent of meeting was finished. There was a completion of their work. And at the very end, it says, then Moses blessed them. That's verse 43 of chapter 39. So similar to creation, at the end of each day of creation, God said, behold, it's good. And on the sixth day, he said, and behold, it was very good. 
Now, um, what they build here at the tabernacle is nothing like uh, what God did in creation, but yet they were following God's will, um, and, and God said, this is a way that I'm going to bridge the gap between you and me and to give you hope. So God bless you and your family as you celebrate Christmas again this year. I pray you spend time in worship. Uh, we have uh, worship service here at 5 p.m. as well as 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Those are both candlelight services. And then on Christmas Day at 10 a.m. as we gather to praise the one for whom Christmas is all about, um, our Savior. And God bless you, as your, you and your family um, as you get together uh, as a family. And I pray in God's house too.